We are back. TND Comic Corner is going down. It is Sean, as always, and your Uncle P. What's up, y'all? It's been a quick second, but we're back. We got a lot of things to talk about. We do. A lot of news, a lot of things we've been both getting into. Uh, and then later on, we're going to hit one of our Marvel years, dude. Yeah, we're not just going to be talking about TV shows today, guys. We've actually been reading been, books. Been doing some reading. Some, some light reading. But I do need to touch base on, we haven't talked about series finale. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think we I think we missed the past two or three episodes. Have you have you seen? I did. Yeah. What were your? So I liked it. Um, I didn't love it. I liked it. Uh, some really cool fight scenes in there for sure. Uh, is this series overall mi- or that final episode? The final episode. Okay. I loved the series. Yeah. I would definitely give the series like eight out of ten easily. Totally. Because it was super entertaining. I liked that it was only six episodes. I yeah. agree with that, and I think it it didn't like pull the taffy on anything for too long it just was i wish we had a little more zemo but i almost get why that one episode was basically what we got of like costume zemo yeah because i think they're saving it for something more i think they are too because i feel like i saw other footage of him i think we're getting i think this whole show is another continuation to us building up to thunderbolts or dark avengers or whatever the fuck anyone West Coast Avengers. Well, there's the Thunderbolts and Dark Avengers, which are basically Marvel's Suicide Squad kind of thing. So it's all villains, but they make up this loose team. So that's where I think we're going to get Zemo's notoriously led, both of, or Thunderbolts and, no, not Dark Avengers, but Thunderbolts. So I think we're going to get a team up of Zemo, US Agent, Abomination, Ghost. Some of these villains that still exist in the Marvel Universe, but we haven't really touched base with, because they confirmed that Tim Ross coming back for Abomination. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell, who plays, oh my God, I'm going to forget it, from Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah, uh, Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer has openly said that he's happy to come back anytime. Oh, and everyone would love that. Exactly. He was great. He's a fan favorite. So I think we're going to get some of these people to come back and be like, this is sick that I got to do this role a long time ago yeah. and was a small little role, and now it's like, I'm the star of a movie. That is cool. Um, with the finale, I've been seeing some mixed reviews about the new Falcon uh, outfit. Really? Yeah, and I thought it was sweet just because it looked like the comic. It, it looks exact. I thought it looked super comic accurate. Yeah. I didn't My think- dude's like, it was too much white. You could see him a mile away. It's not very camouflage. Like, give me a fucking break. This is still a fucking superhero like, You realize movie. he has a 10-foot wingspan, right? <laughs> yeah. He's also just committing war crimes constantly, basically. <laughs> I don't think hit the costume being too... The other one was red and white. Right. Like, what the fuck's I the was difference? red and gray. Okay, still... I don't think there's like a huge issue on the that's nitpicking to its finest though. For sure. And but I and like you know that he's he's Captain America now. Like I'm like, dude, like that's what everyone wanted to see. Like And uh they Disney just said we're gonna be getting a fourth Captain America movie now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um But no, so speaking of costumes though too, like dude, the US agent costume. How nailed, did you feel? I thought it. that looked amazing. Oh my god, it looked just like the comic. What did you to kind of piggyback off of that the episode before was that big reveal character that they had been teasing? Oh my God, it's Elaine! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you, how'd you feel? Were you? I, lo- I got excited. I mean, I just love you know. I, love I think Julia, Julia Louis. Louis Drive- she's awesome, man. I think she is an amazing 
phenomenal actress I th- or actor. I think that um, everything she's been in has been like fucking Veep, Seinfeld, uh, that Christine show, the yeah. new Christine. All that shit rocked. And I've seen all those things, but I wanted it to be something more. Her to just be a new because basically what well, she'll she, be back. They're just introducing. Well, her. she's the character's Madam Hydra, right? In the comics, and it's basically just a more of a spy thing. So I'm wondering if I want to know what she's doing. Yeah, but it was just funny when they showed her like her walking into the room like with her heels. I'm like, why does that walk look familiar? And you were like, uh, like, oh shit! I knew it was gonna be someone I knew. That's I think that's a huge score for them because I think Julia Louis Dreyfus is super. About being like, oh yeah, I'll just be in like twelve different movies. Yeah, why not? I really don't care. She's a very uh, Samuel L. Jackson style <laughs> of happy to just be in like twenty five things and just be like, yeah, I don't know. I shoot like six days and then I just go home. <laughs> like it's not. She's a very hardworking actor, so I feel like she's just gonna be in every show. Yeah, we actually haven't talked about the last three episodes because like fifth episode was whatever. Finale was good, but the fourth episode when fourth Bat- th- when Battlestar dies. Oh and, my god! And, that uh, is... and my boy U.S. Agent just crushes that dude, dude with the shield. Was that was so nuts. excited. Yeah, that could was... not believe they showed it on Disney Plus. Yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty rad. <laughs> that was an amazing fucking episode, and I think they developed it well. I wish the Flag Smashers had a little bit more to it. I feel like that the Flag Smashers Power Broker storyline was kind of almost, like, extra secondary. Oh, I really did not like the Carly Morgenthau character. Yeah, She's I didn't, annoying, dude. It, it just seemed so it, almost disingenuous. Like, I didn't really understand. They didn't, like, clearly state the issue enough of why. I get that people are displaced. I understand this. Yeah, they but, didn't really talk about, like, how she was but, displaced. Yeah, what are you doing to... You're just getting more, you're stealing resources and stuff. This seems like a very just like unthought out plan. And it's like, oh, you're going to destroy like this council. But it's like, if you destroy this council, it almost just gives all governments even more credence to be like, obviously, we need to go back to before because this is people are now causing anarchy. That's what Sam tried to tell her. She didn't want to listen. Yeah, it just. She that whole storyline wasn't great, and the reveal of Power Broker was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, we I think we called it like a couple weeks ago. I'm uh, I'm never anticipating a villain in a Disney Plus show ever again. Right. Anytime I see any cool thing online that I hope is true, I'm just gonna disregard it as complete and utter bullshit. Now, probably a good idea. But speaking of. Um the Flag Smashers and the Super Soldiers serum. I think I got some of that. I went down to the Wolstein Center and some yeah. guy in a camouflage outfit shot a needle in you're my super, arm. You're super soldiered up So, now. yeah, I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but... Dude, <laughs> I mean, if you start... Maybe you got the good one. Maybe I did. I was kind of hoping that one of those vials of Super Soldier serum that they were showing, or that, like, fell, would have kind of, like, rolled away somewhere. And someone else got and it. And then a Ninja Turtle slurps it that, up. <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, the, I got the Pfizer shot, and I don't know. You feel I good? Just, I feel fine so far. It was only about a half hour ago. Maybe you know, maybe I'll give their boner pills a try. There you know, you the, go, the, dude. The, 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 the shot. Just move on up. Yeah, the shot was harmless. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give them the, boner pills a try. 
the uh, the Viagra should work then too, dude. It all goes together. It's like when you get all Mac products, right? You know, you want your phone to sync to your computer I easier. Do. So if you get Viagra and the Pfizer shot, then it all just works in tandem <laughs> together. But it was nuts, man. It is like a military operation down there. That's they what I've the heard. National Guard it's, and it's shit. It's all yeah. just National Guard. Uh, at least it is now. I don't know if it was has been the whole time, but well, and I think that's just down town i think other places where people are getting them they're just like regular like almost in pharmacies and shit but yep. you have to be on lists yeah this like. guy at drug mart yesterday because i originally signed up for, to do it through drug mart and they were just taking forever to get me registered and i literally did this in two minutes but i was at drug mart yesterday and this dude was literally getting in the aisle next to like the school binders like <laughs> literally in the aisle <laughs> yeah that i don't like i would be like no i want to just at least put me behind like one of those cloth like yeah. curtains to be like it's kind of private. Well, the only good thing is at the drug mart, you know, because you got to sit there for 15 minutes after oh, they yeah. give you the shot. They play Touch of Grey pretty much every time I'm in drug mart. <laughs> Grateful Dead. So that would be one plus. That would be, that was your upside. No, there's no curtains or anything at the Wolstein's, just chairs, and you're, or you're on the basketball floor. Damn. It's just street like, ball style. Yeah. And you're just like sitting there. They got a big timer on the wall to, you know, because you sit there for 15 minutes and you can leave. <laughs> I. I know someone who just left. I'm like, why is this clock counting down backwards? <laughs> they were like, don't worry about don't it. Then they locked the doors. In <laughs> um, one last tidbit, though, of Marvel news, I forgot to mention this, that they officially came out and said, so Disney got back all the Netflix people. All the embargoes and shit have now ended from Netflix. Um, and they are bringing back... Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Punisher. So, same actors playing the same roles, but according to Marvel, they're going to be different versions of those characters. And they're going to live within like the current MCU? They're going to live in current MCU. So, I'm thinking almost alternate universe type we shit. We generally call it, what, Earth-616? Is that what they Yeah, Earth-616 is the traditional, the comic book universe... There's a number for even like the MCU, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, uh, yeah. They yeah. have numbers for like all that shit. And it's, I mean, so That's I like, crazy. I kind of enjoy that though, that it, it's like bring these people in because so many people aren't going to watch those shows. And it makes no sense for Disney to be like, let's give Netflix an uptick in streaming to catch up on these shows when we introduce these characters. Like, nope, we'll just slowly introduce them. No one's going to know. It's going to be totally fine. <laughs> We'll see. It'd be cool. I mean, that guy that uh, plays Punisher, I always forget um, his name. I just like I liked him on The Walking Dead, but uh, he 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 looks a lot like him. He's he, a good good casting. I think all three of them are insanely good. It's um, Bernthal. Yeah, uh, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. I don't know, but that dude, um, Matt Cox, who plays uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock is he's a great actor and then Kristen Ritter who does Jessica Jones is also like yeah. insanely talented. Well, I know everyone loves Daredevil, but everyone's everyone's told me that Jessica Jones was pretty damn good. Well, both of them I th both of those are really Probably good. Probably the best two. A hundred percent. All their seasons are pretty like solid. You can watch all of them. It doesn't really have a huge, huge dip. Um the dare or the Punisher ones, I think they just went way too military esque where to me, Frank Castle is more of a war on crime and just like war on the streets. And this one was just their whole series was ultra wrapped up. There's in, two. Is there two seasons? I think there's two seasons of Punisher, but him 
him playing the role is perfect. So I'm excited to get them back. Yeah, that'd be cool. You've uh You've been on the DC side of things, though. I have. It's really weird. You know, we're usually talking Marvel, I feel like, but a lot of DC. I mentioned last episode that I'm diving in the Swamp Thing, the Alan Moore run. Which I read as well. Yeah, I gave uh, I gave Pat a copy of the book, and I just got the next volume from... Oh, did you? Know, you? Yeah, yeah. Dude, and I'm, I'm only f- a couple books in, but it's pretty cool. I'm about to finish that one up today and then just yeah, roll on to... I got you. I actually got the next two volumes. I so. love... Um, we were talking about some of the stories in the book and the story that has etrogen when they go to hell. Yeah. It is there are couple there are a couple of parts in that book that I will admit are just like a little painstaking to read due to it's because they did so well writing it though. Yep. Like Etrigan is supposed to be the rhyming demon and it's supposed to be like his big shtick. But it's like when you're reading it, sometimes you're just like Oh my god, my fucking brain hurts because the word bubbles are split, so you're not getting the whole rhyme in like one thing. And I'm trying to read it based with the voice in my head of the uh like Bruce Tim version of Etrogen. So it's just like, oh, here's the demon Etrogen. You get another bet again. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, dude. This is like really hard to read. And then the Pog one, I was saying, yeah, I did enjoy the art on it, though. It was cool. And you said that it's a callback to a really early... It's an older comic, yeah. Okay. And I heard, I'm pretty sure that Bill Watterson, who did Calvin Hobbes, was very influenced by that. And you can kind of tell in the, I in was the way it's say, drawn. The big I noses love, and things like that. I love that. the art of it. Or even it. Bone. Are you familiar with Bone? <laughs> that That is exactly what they looked like. I, that was probably one of the first comics I really got into, was Bone. Was Bone? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I loved the artwork of it, but reading through it in some of the cartoony voice, you're just like, I was... Yeah. The cover's sweet, though, where he's wrestling that crocodile. Uh, it's sweet. Some of the covers the in that are so fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, in that... The artwork, I believe, was it Stephen Bisanti? Uh, Something like that. But he, I was going to say, Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous artwork. It's just... Has that vibe, you know? I mean, like, I was talking to a guy that were the store where I bought these books from. Shout out Book Brothers in Lakewood. Um, I was talking to the guy. I'm like, basically, when it comes to comics, I'm just looking for good artwork. If there is a good story, which nine times out of ten you get with Alan Moore, that's just a bonus. Yeah. So, well, and there's certain people when you know they're attached to a project, there's a chance that it's at least going to be fairly good and interesting, and the art's going to be good. Yeah. Like, in, if there's an Alex Ross story, I know at least I can open the book and be like, well, I know no matter what. I'm going to be blown away by the art in this. Yeah. So the story can take a little bit of a hit, and I can still be like, damn, I'm just looking at pictures as a, like a child. So that book that we were talking about, the Swamp Thing Annual 2, where he goes to hell and he's got to rescue Abigail and this and that, it, I just love any time in comics where everything's kind of brought out of a traditional space, like you know a yeah. cityscape or wherever, and put it in outer space or some other realm, like you know, obviously like a Doctor Strange thing. He's always like somewhere else. So I love that kind of like free floating. Like where the hell are they I, right now? I love that. <laughs> I love to the whole aspect of now it's called like the DC Dark, but yeah. it's you know your Dead Man, your Constantine, your Zantana. Your... Constantine shows up in the next volume. That's what I meant That's, to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and. Swamp Thing, like, that whole realm of DC to me is probably the most interesting and the thing that the stories kind of grab me more because you're just like, all right, this has, for it being as fantastical as it is, they have more sense of realism with, like, all the magic and everything. It still feels like more 
actual interpersonal relationships. Yes. Where in a Batman or Superman story, it, you can get enthralled in it or the mystery or the excitement, but usually it's not so much like person to person building. And if it is, it's kind of just like heavy handed. Yeah. These ones are. It's hard all, to get past the giant bat. Yeah, all the <laughs> DC like things. dark stuff though, it's just more or less kind of regular people or, you know, things trying to just figure out their place. And that's why I think Swamp Thing is a great Yeah, and I've really been enjoying like I said, it's just a different um, you know, obviously he's in that superhero realm, but he's not a superhero it, in the traditional sense. So and you said you're gonna do another, another DC big, I would almost say another DC Dark esque. Very much so. But it's funny you say that because they literally spawned off a series, Justice League Dark. Have yeah. you heard of that? And so Swamp Thing's in it, and who I'm getting to now, Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate, aka Kent Nelson, aka Naboo. Nope. Yeah. Um, really dove into the lore of Dr. Fate. I had never even heard of him until I started playing Injustice. Really? Yeah. So there is, I will say, if you watch the Young Justice cartoon show, um, really good interpretation of Dr. Fate in there. Really? Yeah, where I think the story has to do with uh, Bart Allen, some version of you know one of the five people that are Flash, had to put the helmet on and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And well, that's... he. The, he he showed up in a lot of old Flash comics. He was okay, always like yeah. a side story in like some of the later Flash comics in the 80s. And I think that's what helped him get his own book. He had a couple of different books. But anyways, a brief history. He's actually a really old character. He's yeah. like a golden age character. He was Justice Society. Justice Society, yep. People kind of forget about because of Justice League. But Justice Society was pretty cool. Hawkman and Flash. The, and the Justice Society, honestly, was a... It was like a soft opening for the Justice League, yeah, where they were like, all right, we found a couple things that worked, we found a couple things that didn't work, and then they just transferred a lot of that stuff from one to the other. Where Wonder Woman was in Justice Society, uh, they had a version of The Flash, they had a version of Green Lantern, Doctor Fate, Hawkman, a lot of those people end up transferring over yeah. and become really important, and Doctor Fate is a huge role in all of DC, I think. Yeah, so he first appeared, I believe it was Fun Comics, number 55. Okay. So this is like 1940 or 41. Yeah. And uh, he's not on the covers. Uh, Spectre's actually on the cover. Oh, I mean, very in, in line, though. Yeah, exactly. So, And then he, I think he's on the next cover for the next issue, but that's kind of where he got introduced. And then he was in Justice Society. He, uh, They did some random comics in the 70s. It was a DC like one-off shoot they did called, I think it was called Issue 1. Okay. Or, so it was, No, it was called First Issue or Issue, I don't know. But it's it was kind of really one of those confusing. books where they just had, you know, a couple different stories in it and we're just kind of fleshing out. Or characters. they would focus on a certain character with each book. Each, gotcha. Each okay. Month. I know. So exactly he had what you're a couple, I think he had three of those and they end up getting reprinted. But and then, like I said, he ended up showing up in some Flash comics as a side story in like the 80s. And then in the late 80s, they gave him his own book. Nice. So, but that book actually only lasted four issues. Yeah. And then came back. So it, it was, you know, they called that like Dr. Fate, you know, volume one. And then this second version, it was actually like a 45 book run. And that's what I've been reading right now. I mean, 45 is really, for a character like Dr. Fate 2, which it's hard when you don't have an established rogues gallery, you don't have, you know, these famous villains, and you're kind of stealing and borrowing. You're, it's people that are usually background characters. To 45 issues is just shows great writing yeah, they, from whoever got their hands on that character to really tell a story that was like, Hey, I'm sure we're doing something that is going somewhere and actually trying to make a movement. Yeah, like so basically what it is is Kent Nelson is like he's basically in a new body and he's kind of hel- 
uh, hung oh. up, he's hung up the the moniker of of Doctor Fate. Okay, and the, the basically the helmet's chosen this new couple, uh, Eric and Linda Strauss, and he's kind of showing them the ropes more or less, which is gotcha. kind of you know, you know everyone loves a story like that. But uh, so and and basically his only villain or group of villains is the Lord the Lords of uh, Chaos. Yeah, because he's part of the Lords of Order. Um, but even more interesting in cinematic news, I just found this out: this Black Adam movie coming out with. The Rock has done a Pierce Bronson, Doctor Fate, the best James Bond. My of favorite, all time. my favorite James Bond. I mean, I love Connery. Don't get me wrong, but I grew up with the Pierce Bronson James Bond movies, and he was just so smooth, man. He was the man, dude. Those movies when I was a kid were so cool. Rewatching, absolutely stupid. I love them. I still rewatch them. Like, um, no, I'm excited. I'm wondering what they're I, gonna do for Doctor Fate in that movie, though, because. One, this movie, I have no idea what's even happening with Black Adam because The Rock signed on to it like 10 years ago. Yeah. But I'm wondering two things. One, does this movie take place in the past predominantly? So are we going to get like an old, ancient, Doctor Doctor Fate-style character? You know, more raggedy. It is going to be Kent Nelson. I do know that. Okay. I believe he's going to be playing Kent Nelson. So then it's got to be future. It's got to be current time. Or yep. at least... 80s, 70s, something like that. Well, it depends. I mean, they can do whatever they want, basically. But I always like the thing with Dr. Fate is, you know, the fact that, I, A, like, you know, he's kind of um, being controlled by this Naboo, this entity yeah. that's in the helmet. You know, but there's a lot of that cool old uh, Egyptian type uh, 100%. history in there. I love that, you know. Well, because they are... So I know this Black Adam movie is predominantly rehab. Hawkman's going to be in it. Nice. <clears throat> I'm interested to see, because the last time we've seen Hawkman on screen is in Legends of Tomorrow. And if you watch Legends of Tomorrow, which is a spin-off show from the Arrowverse, okay, of kind of a ragtag group of DC characters traveling through time and space and just going on misadventures. Sounds cool. Weirdly, a very entertaining show. At this point, I feel like it has almost nothing to do with DC Comics, but nonetheless, all good. Um, but their version of Hawkman left a lot to be desired <laughs> but it's also a fucking cw tv show and the guy who was playing him had the personality of fucking drywall so it's like whoever they get as long as it's someone good or someone with some personality who can play off the rock i'm just interested to see how the rock does this hey we'll see i mean i think people have wanted to see him in that superhero role for a long time so it really it almost i don't say it doesn't matter who he plays but i don't think too many people are going to be concerned about well, who the hell's Black Adam? You know, because not everyone, not everyone knows him. It's The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> their Black Adam will be the one of the biggest characters as soon as that movie comes out for no explainable reason, and he'll just be in every DC comic for six months. Oh, so also some comic book stuff going on locally. Uh, do you know about Carol and John's the sale on this Saturday? No, they got a big sale this Saturday. Big sale. So. Usually, I think they do it on Comic Book Day. Okay. But Comic Book Day has been pushed back, or Free Comic Book Day, yeah. I should say, has been pushed back to uh, August. Also, big news with that, I'll share. But, anyways, on this Monday or Saturday, what is it, May 1st, I think? Yeah. Um, all their back issues, 50% off. Whoa. Gets better. If you buy 100 books, they're 50 cents each. So you can get 100 comics for 50 bucks. I might have to splurge. Dude, yeah. I might, <laughs> dude. I would pay. I'm so down for that. Yeah, because, I mean, personally, my single-issue collection is not very impressive. Yeah. So I feel like this would be maybe a pretty decent um, starting point, building block. 
So we'll see. I might have, I might have to hit that up if you're free Saturday. Check I'm, it out. But here's the thing: we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to camp. Well, yeah, I do. That, that that's what I was kind of worried about too. They open at ten that day. Okay. Um. So yeah, I don't know. And that's the thing too. Yeah, with COVID, I think they're only allowed to have like eighteen people in there at a time. That's what I'm saying. I'm. It might need to be an eight o'clock jump off. Might be. We'll talk. We'll talk. But also, do we do, we do tents? Do we do a live podcast? Is the question. Oh, that would be so sick. <laughs> in line for Carol and John's. Until all these like really hard because the real thing that we got to do is we'd have to map out what comics we're going for. I know, yeah, like I don't know where anything is there, you know. That's and it's I know that, where the Doctor Fate books are because I just picks them, picks them up. I might even go in beforehand, scout. It's a good idea. See what they got, and then because a hundred comics for fifty bucks is a fucking steal. Yeah, like I'm trying to get Constantine's. I'm trying to get fucking. I'm on all DC Dark. Why not? I'm just trying to get it all. Let's do it. Oh, but that would be awesome. But also, so that rescheduled comic book day in August, I believe, mm-hmm. Chris Claremont is going to be signing comics for free at Carol and John's. Really? Yeah. Uh, free first autograph. If you want a second one, it's 10 bucks. Dude. How awesome is that, dude? We might have to, we might have to check that out, I was going to say, too. we might have to go see Chris Claremont, man. It's exciting, man. Very cool. Dude, I would, I'm super about both these ideas, and now... Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> Fifty cent and it's like any back issues. Oh yeah. Well I was gonna say like oh yeah, we can do the podcast uh outside of Carol and John's until all these like really hardcore comic book fans just school us with knowledge. Oh, I would love it because I would have zero like zero sense of embarrassment with these dudes <laughs> schooling me. I'd be like, dude, get on the fucking mic and tell me, yeah, dude. Yeah. Let me know. Hit him with the well, actually. Yeah. Well, well, actually, Constantine was his punk band wasn't called the Snots. It was called the Snits. Snits in England is fuck you. I would love it. I'm so about that. If we could figure out how to do, I would just have someone there that podcasts until ten, and yeah. just have someone there and be or at nine forty five, be like, hey, just take our shit, and like <laughs> we're just gonna wait in line for the last fifteen. Yeah, I wonder. So yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, you want to get, jump into? Yeah, let's do a random year. We, we've been talking a lot of DC, but we're gonna jump back into our Marvel book, folks. Uh, Marvel. Sean, I'm gonna let you. I I trust you much more with this. One, you're a vastly better reader. I'm like the Lavar Burton of this show. Yeah, you the, are the, the Lavar. <laughs> Take a look in this book of what I can make fun of. So to review our last episode, we did which one? We did 1980. And 1994. Ooh, okay. So those were pretty good years. Hmm. It's weird because you do get some like straight fucking buster ass years in this book. Yeah. Where you're just like, nothing happens. Like the highlight is like a Quicksilver comic and you're like, Jesus, dude. So we've also done 75. We've done 91. We've done 63. 91 ripped. Yeah, that was crazy. And 63 with all the Spider-Mans. Oh well, yeah. I say we go I want to go to one of my favorite eras just for I always feel like the end of a decade is like way cooler than the beginning or middle. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like any like, years from like 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 the sevens to the, the sevens, eights, and nines of the year. I because feel like. at that point in the decade, dude, you kind of so for like one through three, you were like, hey man, we're gonna make this decade the one that like rips. Yeah. But you spend all that time talking about it. Middle part, four, five, six. You're just fucking around, dude. You're really not doing shit. And then the last three years, you got to make up for all that time. You just were fucking off the last six years. Yeah, exactly. So I get it. 
the last three years of a decade, you kind of get the feel for the for the era. Why do you think 2020 and 2021 have not been fucking great? Let's. I don't know anything about the end of 80s, so let's, yeah, let's do, do end that. of 80s. Because well, like like that's when those Doctor Fate books are. It was really cool. I was gonna man. say end of 80s is like a weird time in comics. There's something too. about okay, so it's like you got your Todd McFarlane's and your Rob Liefeld's that are getting real popular and they have that certain kind of style. People are using that style, but then I, I'm seeing like these Dr. Fate books. It's also like, it's realistic, but it's also kind of very cartoony yeah. at the same time. It's a little exaggerated. It's a weird in-between time because you get all, yeah, you get your Jim Lee's, your Todd McFarlane's, all those people came in early 90s, but were still working in the 80s, but they just weren't the name, so they didn't get to put pockets on everyone like they really wanted to. Until like the '90s, so they were just like restricted artists. How's '89 looking? I was looking at '87. What's not? Oh wait, oh wait, oh I actually read some of these. The Stark Wars, those are really good. The Iron Man's, um, dude, I'm in because we got Iron Wars coming up. All right, let's do that. Let's do uh, 1987. That is the year my friend's brother was born. Is it my, your friend's brother? I think I have a friend's brother that was born that year, too. That's sick, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. What a fucking weird world we live in, dude, where we both have friend's brothers born in 87. So we got good old Jim Shooter as editor-in-chief at this time at Marvel. Fuck yeah. That's um, the guy trying to sell the... Uh, I feel like anyone who's the editor-in-chief at Marvel is just also in charge of like posting flyers to try and sell like the filing cabinets in the building. Because <laughs> at every point in time prior to Disney, Marvel was just like, hey, we can just sell anything. Like anything you see. <laughs> Do you know someone who needs a water fountain? Well, you know, they had, if I'm not mistaken, the office was in this fucking big, beautiful building in downtown Manhattan. Like, oh, of your course. Your rent is through the roof. You're selling fucking funny papers for 75 cents a it's, pop. It's all Stan Lee probably just trying to be like all appearance, man. All right, so right off the rip here in 1987, this caught my eye. Uh, in January, got? it's um, what's titled as a new type of comic, Spider-Man Comics Magazine number one. Pornos. So, while away- <laughs> Spider-Man porn mags. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like, what, you know, what kind of magazine are we talking about here? While working for Archie Comics in the 70s, uh, Tom DeFalco had spearheaded a line of highly successful digest-sized comics. Um, so they were measuring about five that, to seven inches. Yeah, they were it's, little. It's bucks. that like supermarket bullshit. Yeah, that like when I hate, I hate that format. It of, says right here, fit it into the racks for magazines like Reader's Digest, the yeah, TV it, Guide. <laughs> it's just not to me. Those were never enjoyable. I'm sure that they weren't the exact same as that time, but I'm sure they still roughly existed. And the worst part these are these are like more expensive. These are like twice as much. And I was gonna say, I f- they're just not the real story. It's like when you read Spider-Man in the newspaper and you know, like, this isn't the true, this isn't the real thing. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just skip over that in your Archie bullshit Spider-Man comics, whatever you're going for here. But I think, like, a lot of people, I know exactly what they were doing, and I think that was a way to try and get more people into comics. Because at the time, I think comics were in comic shops, and they were kind of dying out from being in gro- grocery stores as much. Yeah, I mean, you'll see them here and there because I I read in the early '90s when Infinity War came out. I'm sorry, Infinity Gauntlet. You know, it's hard to find issues of those in good shapes because they were at supermarkets and people would just like knock them around. Yeah. You know, they no one really cares. It's not like at a comic book store where they're taking care they're of. They're taking it. care of that stuff. So then, moving on to the next month in February of 1987, Comet Man debuts. Do you know who Comet Man is? Comet Man. He's uh, he has the power cool, of the Comet Cleaner. A very old school uh, kind of cover there. 
Uh, I feel like that's font. I feel like that guy's coming back in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie at some point. You know what? I would not be surprised at all just from looking at this. This looks exactly like someone that uh, James Gunn would be like, fuck yeah. It was just a six issue limited series where astrophysicist Stephen Beckley was on a space mission when he was exposed to radiation. The tale is old this time. (laughs) Fantastic Four. (laughs) How many people. Do you think people were just signing up to be like astronauts in the Marvel universe to hopefully get powers? Right. <laughs> They're like, "Fuck it, I'll go to space." I mean, the odds I could die up there or I could come back and have superpowers. They were doing experiments actually on so there's these astronauts, or I think maybe just one of them is, I don't know, anyways. The one dude's a twin. He's the one bald astronaut. Maybe you've seen pictures of him. I can't remember his name, but... I'm not up to date with my astronauts. They studied these two astronauts, or I like I don't know if his brother's an astronaut, but one was in space and one wasn't. I have heard of this yeah, study. Yeah, so like, and the one that was in space was up there for like a, like two years or something. And he aged different or something. Uh, it was that, but also like, they think he like grew an extra chromosome or some crazy shit. Like, I don't know, man. It was... He, he came back... He wasn't like... Um, how, do you, how do I say this? He wasn't like... A different person, but biologically, I guess he was slightly different. He came back and he had like four arms, Goro well, like the, style. I, it reminds me of that movie, The Astronaut's Wife. Uh, I think that's what it was called. Johnny Depp comes back. He's an astronaut. He comes back, but he was like taken over by some alien and like you know, it almost like body snatchers. Love it. She's like, "Are you all right? You seem different." He's like, "I'm fine." You know, like like he's like trying to be normal, but there's an invasion. I think aliens and, fucking never know how to be normal amongst humans. <laughs> it's true. Um, so then we have the West Coast Avengers in February. Love. The Lost in Sp- Lost in Space Time story begins. Um, so crossover Lost- between the show Lost in Space, it's Lost in Space hyphen Time. Um, it sent the superheroes Hawkeye, Iron Man, Tigra, Wonder Woman. I'm sorry, Wonder Man and Mockingbird into the past. Part of the team. Uh, Ended up in the Old West, and the others were sent into ancient Egypt. That actually sounds pretty cool. I'm all about a good time travel romp. See, I'm I'm very I can get cross on a time travel romp. It's got to be it's got to have the right characters. I weirdly really like the West Coast Avengers lineup. Yeah, I think we're gonna start getting seeing more of those characters, and we're gonna loosely get some. They'll never call it West Coast Avengers because that would be the dumbest name for a movie. Yeah, that's a, that's a Fast and the Furious type of title, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, I think those could that could be like a really interesting storyline. And I think looking back at stuff like that, those stories now is what we're going to be seeing in the future, even in comics and movies and television. Well, they already did the time travel thing in Endgame, you know. Yeah. So they're not scared; they're going to jump right in. So um, what, what is else this? we got? What's cooking at Marvel? Well, are you familiar with Super Patriot? Uh, is it? He's the one with the blonde little crew cut. Super paint. Whoa. Oh. So I think, I'm pretty sure this is the same guy who was a villain in a Daredevil book. Is and he? He, he, take, he takes these pills. They're basically super soldiers here so that are pills. He's got all these different pills on his belt. That guy is crazy. <laughs> also in the Daredevil TV show. Oh, he is. Um, or he's either in the Daredevil show or the Jessica Jones show. But fuck, I forget what that guy's name is. Um, the, uh, the, um, what he his, becomes. He becomes Captain America. Well, I know he becomes he becomes Captain America, but he also becomes like he has a separate villain name. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so that's why how I know him because that's what he was in that run of Daredevil. I was reading the um, what was it called? Um, it's the it's the uh, Frank Miller run. Okay, Man with Hot Fear. Uh, yeah. Well, this was like a specific one where like 
uh, the kingpin like blows up his apartment and like makes him broke and like gets his girlfriend hooked on hooked on heroin somehow. Yep, it's crazy. But he shows up at the end and like goes on this big rampage because he takes too many of his yellow pills yeah. or whatever. He's going nuts. Man, we're gonna, you know what? Next it's week, not guys, just we're super gonna... patriot. No, it has. There's a fucking other name to it. Uh, All right, so let's. Oh wait, so oh this is John. Wa- uh, oh, so the commission appointed John Walker the super patriot as the new Captain America. Okay, so John Walker. Was the super patriot at one point. So what was the, uh, so is is he the same as U.S. agent or no? John Walker is U.S. agent, also Captain America, also super patriot. Super patriot. I didn't realize he was all three. There is a guy, though, that you're thinking of um, that was in Daredevil. Then you got Lamar. It says right here, Lamar Hopkins, uh, Hopkins, Hoskins, who plays Battlestar. So, yeah, it's it, this is very relevant to what we we're talking about, uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I mean, at those times, it's like, or all those, phone, come on, this is not the time. <laughs> um, I was trying to look up that guy, but I can't think. I want to say his name's like Nuke. Yeah, it's like something like it's that. It's something yeah. like Nuke. Well, or, he does look like Duke Nukem. Yeah, he does. But um, I can't believe, yeah, they really followed that storyline pretty closely in... Falcon Winter Soldier of um, John Walker and Battlestar and like that whole kind of storyline. I mean, obviously they didn't go super patriot on us, but uh, so there's some also these random little blurbs on here about 1987. Um, I don't think this one has anything to do with Marvel. It says the Flintstones kids number one showed the famous television characters Fred, Wilma, Barney, and Betty as young children. So I mean, I guess, oh, I guess it was a comic. I didn't realize. I thought it just went straight to TV. Do you remember the TV show? Was it like a kid's version? It was just a point in time where they made every old school Hanna-Barbera character into the, the kids. them as kids. Yeah, because yeah, I love the young Scooby-Doo. Yeah, pup named Scooby-Doo was That dope. Fox. Yeah, I loved that show. That show rips because they had the bully whose name was Red Herring. Red Herring, and he had then a tattoo. They, and they always, yeah, he had a fucking tattoo as a little kid. <laughs> and they were always like, Fred's always like, I know who it is. It's Red Herring. And the one time it actually was. And that's why you never believe about a red herring. And then also here, this was this is a, a run I've been meaning to read. Uh, Walt Simonson and uh, Sal Bushima, uh, they end their run on Mighty Thor. They did a real long run on that. Walt Simonson at one point was drawing and writing the book, but it ended with issue 382. Um, that's the one run. It's got a lot of um, a lot of old story. Like the the first story they did was an old Jack Kirby storyline where they where uh, Thor turns into a frog. Yeah. And then there is um, what's his name, Beta Ray Bill, very popular. Oh, so this introduces a lot of those like alt versions that of run Thor did, yeah. and stuff. It's, and it's it's considered one of the most popular Thor runs. Do you think? Uh, big speculation always. Do you think we ever see a live action Beta Ray Bill or a live action Frog Thor? I forget what they call them. I would only check out the Beta Ray Bill if uh, Will Arnett did the voice, a la BoJack Horseman. <laughs> I think, oh my god, I, that would be right? fucking brilliant. Kevin Feige, you can keep that one. Kevin, that one's that gems for you, brother. <laughs> Holy fuck. And then the Yeah, that would be How fun would that be? I would that'd be the perfect use too, because well you don't need Will Arnett to like do anything. He just sits yeah. in the booth. He he's does got, the Rocket Raccoon style. Yeah, and he's got the chops. He did the Lego Batman. He killed it in Lego Batman. Yeah, he's a great voiceover actor. Yeah, he really is. Uh, so they ended that run on Thor, though. Yep, with three eighty two. I it, it started in like the mid eighties. Thor is such a weird comic to me that I just you have. I don't think at the time it ever like cl- like 
clicked with me. Well, that that's I, why a lot of people liked this run because it wasn't so mystical and Asgardian yeah. and um, old English. It's, I mean, honestly, it sounds like it's basically exactly how the films went, where the first fucking two, you're just dealing with the directors who did fucking Game of Thrones and shit and are trying to do Game of Thrones stuff. And really, no one gives a fuck about that. No There's a million it. other things that have done it better. Stop dying this dude's fucking eyebrows blonde. <laughs> and then they were like, all right, this isn't working. Here's our last shot. Let's bring in this insane Australian dude. dude. I'm telling you. And Taika Waititi was like, what if they're all in space? <laughs> and they're like, great. Whatever the fuck this guy wants to do. I already love it. Yeah, they're on a garbage planet where they fight. <laughs> it Sounds is, great. It's Let's such it. a great... It That is one of the best... I think one of the best franchise turnarounds of all time. I was just about to say, I think it's the best third film ever. Ever. Yeah. With, there is not a better third film in any franchise. And I think they're now going to make two more. Oh, I know we're yeah. getting Love and Thunder, which is going to be the second is one. Is he going to direct it again? He's directing that. And I think they're going to do... Oh, because we got Russell Crowe came out. He's going to be in the movie. And which movie? He's gonna be in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, okay. So Russell Crowe was, you know, assumingly drunk on the radio and revealed who he is playing. Do you wanna take any any guesses? Who Russell Crowe's playing? Who do you who would you just hope Russell Crowe would and it's Is it like a Thor villain? It's not a Thor villain that at least I'm super aware of. It's a very random character. That you wouldn't that exists in outside of the comics as well. I don't know. I can't even. Who is it? It's playing Zeus. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was That's like, kind of nuts. That works so perfectly. Yeah. Like just play him fucking old and drunk, and just like, <laughs> I mean, Zeus was a real piece of shit guy. I, I liked him as Jor El. I thought. Oh, I, I forgot he dude, was Jor-El. Everyone shit all over like the Man of Steel, Henry Cavill. I liked those movies. I liked I, Man of Steel and I liked Batman vs Superman. I didn't love them, but they were better than fucking Justice League. I'm sorry. Did you hear the original title that they wanted to use for Batman vs Superman? <laughs> no. That uh, Zack Snyder wanted to use. Oh, it's so good. He wanted to call it Son of Sons. And Night of Nights. So like S-O-N of S-U-N? Oh and Night of Nights. Oh, that would have been so... Pr- Zack Snyder is just so up his like, yes. own asshole about trying to turn DC Comics into like Shakespeare for some reason. Is it clever? No. Should it be the title? No. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know why they insisted on using the verses or the V. And it's like, I don't know, because it's trying to sell tickets for this insane movie. So what, uh, what else is happening in '87? A lot here? of a lot of big things too. So in October we have Spider-Man's wedding to Mary Jane Parker, looking lovely. Gotta, oh, that's I a, love this cover. It's a Vera Wang dress, everybody. That's I love that he gets. How offended and awkward would it be to marry someone in a full superhero costume? <laughs> like you can't see their eyes. You're just marrying. Like God, I sure do hope it's Peter underneath this mask, right? That, that seems like the easiest way to be like, hey, Peter. No, he's still at the bachelor party. <laughs> yeah, he's somewhere else. Yeah. He just said, he said someone else in there. That's If I was a super villain, that's when I would attack first, is at the wedding, because you get all the superheroes together. So yeah, I just Agent I, Orange that building. <laughs> fucking gone. Um, yeah, so 
you know, the happy couple, Peter Parker, Mary Jane Watson, all American couple, if you ask I me. I think this is definitely when Spider-Man getting married was the beginning of the end a lot for Spider-Man, where he starts to stop being the relatable teenage kid and starts to just become a way deeper storyline where, hence the reason Marvel was like, can we reboot this entire thing? Because this has gone, like, way too far. Because what number was that? Uh, it, ooh, that's a very good question. Uh, annual number 21. So at the tw- 21 years that run had been going. Yeah. So, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. probably, you're probably getting a decent amount, you know, of comics in there. That's probably in the five, 400s. It's, uh, it, I don't think it's quite 300. About 300s, though. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah. for any run, is uh, incredibly long. Um, and what do we have? Introducing Microchip and Punisher number four. Love. Is he love in the, is he in the TV, sh- TV show? Micro is in, I think, most renditions of Punisher. He's in the Netflix TV show. At one point, oh, I Oh, so wa- he's like Hugh from James Bond. I want to say Wayne Knight, a.k.a. Newman, Newman? played him in... Um, the Ray Stevenson version of the Punisher. Oh no way! Which is if yeah, you so he just seen, gives him all his gadgets and stuff. Yeah, like that. if you haven't seen a great Punisher movie, is Punisher Warzone, starring Ray Stevenson. It is very B level, like production wise, but it is such a good Punisher movie. Yeah, that you're just like I. I'll own it. Well, listen. Here's the. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Punisher fan in the world by any means. But yeah, what you I, just I, like the t-shirts. Oh yeah, I love them, especially <laughs> when there's a nice, nice little blue stripe down the. Oh, middle. that yeah. or when it's the American flag. <laughs> no, it's like. Uh, but I, I do respect how much of a following it has. People really fucking love this dude. Always have. Yeah, I think it's. I like Punisher. He falls into the Deadpool category for sure. Of. Your fan base has ruined you. And also, for some reason, fucking cops, for some reason, think that a character solely dedicated to killing cops would be the best logo to steal for their own designs. But it's in- it's insane. But nonetheless, a lot of the comics are really good. And yeah. a lot of like even the movies for, la- you know, for better or worse, they are solid movies and they're just like enjoyable. Like everything you're when you're watching, you're just like. Oh, this guy's just gonna like blow a bunch of shit up and kill people. You're almost just like, hey, less story, less talky talky, more loading guns, killing people. I'm I'm glad you brought up the fans ruining things because this is a discussion we have quite often, and this reminded me of what I wanted to talk about. Um, Why is there a Deadpool comic on this list? No, 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 no. This is okay. So we'll wrap up 87 in a minute here because we only got about 10 minutes left. But real quick, so guy I work with. I want to start by saying super nice guy. And yeah, I was actually course. debating either talking about it on the show, but I, there's no way he's You don't think he this. listens? No, but even if he doesn't, this comes from Ben, this comes from a place of love. We're just we're just having fun. He's a great guy. We play video games together. And yeah. We always chat at work. I'm talking to him on, on the mic. We're playing Injustice or something or Call of Duty. And he goes, I, somehow he brought up Rick and Morty. And I'm oh. like, you know, and so if anyone that's listened to the Is show he before, a Rick or a Morty? We, we like, listen, we like Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty, but you know it's one of those things the fans have just kind of ruined it, made it tired. Everyone has made we, it bad. But we also talk about uh, the Joker and how people. Oh yeah. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this, dude? It's a Rick and Morty Joker collab hoodie. Yeah, that's exactly what. It is. Oh my god! And it came with a vape pen. 
Yeah, so he goes, oh, dude, I just got this hoodie, man. It's Rick as the Joker. And it says ha 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 all over it. Dude, that is so fucking... I, it would take everything in my body. I just wanted to see your reaction. It's the only reason I brought it up. <laughs> I like want to see what that looks like because it's almost to the perfect point of being satirical enough to have Rick dressed as the Joker. If he had a vape, I would wear that. Yeah. And be like, yeah, dude. Oh, you mean like in the animation if he had a vape? The, yeah, in the <laughs> animation if he had a vape as well. Because I've determined a new thought I had is vape stores always have the coolest names, dude. Do they? I just saw an ad for a place called Planet of the Vapes. I I see. I've driven that place. It's on One Thirtieth. Oh, love. Yeah, love that name. I I got a very nice cup of coffee at the gas station next to that place. <laughs> you didn't you didn't stop in for a couple puffs with the boys? No, I, I I decided against it. You you were too intimidated by the smoke rings they were blowing. I don't think I've ever smoked a tobacco vape, just the weed ones, which I try to stay away from. They're they're all they all seem really sketchy to me. Yeah, like if I'm at a concert or something, yeah, sure. But like I have a buddy, it's actually the same guy. He smokes it like regularly. I'm like, dude, like you should just stick to the flower, man. Like <laughs> Yeah, I've I try and tell people that. And don't get me wrong, there are like it depends on how much you're using it as well. Like for people who are doing it all like if you're smoking all the time, probably stick to flower. If it's a once in a while or like before bed. I get wanting to just do a pen real quick. I mean, quick. when I had a battery, like, I'd keep it in my car. I'd probably hit it once a day. That's... Yeah. See, I had or one. Or one session a day, I should say. Yeah, I was going to say, I would just do it too much in my car. I mean, they got you lit. I mean, they really That's do. what I'm saying. But, but dude, I mean, what well, was really clutch, like, pre-COVID, the, I mean, it was, you just bring it to the bars. I mean, oh, you yeah. really just get high at the bar. Like, that was the shit, man. That was, like... It was just too convenient for me. That's why I had to, they I had really to move are, on man. from, like, the pen. Like, people are, like, ripping this shit in Target. <laughs> oh, dude, you're just anywhere, and you're like, yeah, it, like, doesn't smell, and no one cares. Well, now the new thing is, and this has nothing to do, I think it's more of the tobacco vapes or whatever, but I'm seeing signs uh, for people trying to, you know, for, for rent signs, and no smoking, vapes included. It's like, dude, it's not even fucking smoke. <laughs> like, yeah, what? and also, like, how would you ever be able to tell? Well, because at that point, they're, they're just weeding out people they don't want to rent from them. Yeah, and... It, and again, it's no like, Rick and Morty yeah, Joker hoodies. That's allowed. what they should say. If you're a fan of the Joker or Rick and Morty, you cannot move in. We have to check your download queue. If you have the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, you can't. You can't come in. We All right. Are, so, well, real quick, we'll wrap this up. Um, getting back to uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. In Captain America 335, although he resigned as Captain America in August, Steve Rogers resumed his uh, superheroic duties as Cap in this issue, wearing a black version of his famous costume. Can- oh, yeah, that costume rips, dude. That's the sleek, badass one. Yeah, I mean, he can- it says right here he continued to be a member of the Avengers. Uh, he even set up an interim team where the Earth's Mightiest Heroes temporarily disbanded. So they're like the Beatles. They break up, they get back together. All those groups, yeah. So it always just takes part. like one person with some money to be like, hey, I bought us a house to live in. It's like the real world. There's always a season of the Avengers. But that um, makes sense because that's why they had John Walker as super U.S. Patriot Aryan. And then, <laughs> then Captain America always comes back, though. He kind of is like a really good ver- example of America because Captain America always quits when things get difficult and then once it eases up he comes back and that's very american of him you, you got to know when to step away you Absolutely. Know, when things get hard and you cause a problem step back and just totally take yourself out of the situation and deny it and then when things get better 
get back in the situation, take control again, take that credit. (laughs) And that's why Steve Rogers is the best Captain America always. Are you familiar with Excalibur? Oh, I love a good Excalibur. We're about to begin some important Excalibur stuff coming up. And yeah, I think funny I heard about en- that. Funny enough, we had a Easter egg for um, Excalibur in Inven- Avengers Endgame. When they said they were looking for Agent Braddock when Steve Rogers and Tony go back to get the serum from like 1940 or whatever. Uh Braddock, I believe, is, is that Captain Britain? Captain Britain is um, his last name is Braddock. I want to say. I so, believe. do you know who created Captain Britain? No, Chris Claremont. Really? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense because Cap. Oh, that makes a ton of sense because, uh, fuck, what is his first name? Something Braddock, but he is related to, um, Betsy Braddock, aka Psylocke, and Jamie Braddock. AKA, I forget what his name is in the comics, but he can basically manipulate all time. He's one of the highest, like, Omega level mutants. So I wasn't super familiar with this, but it's pretty badass. Fucking Captain Britain, uh, Nightcrawler, Phoenix, yep. Kitty Pride. Like, dude. They I'm went dumb. over to England, basically, and were just like, because this is the time that they were really going heavy on, like, revamp. Like, X Men had just gone out of control. There oh, were yeah. so many. By the late 80s? Yeah. yeah, man. It was nuts. And it was just so many characters. New Mutants. X Force. S X Factor. Because it's right before they rebooted everything with Jim Lee doing that 91 huge, massive overhaul. But um, yeah, we definitely are going to get in the Eternals movie. Kip Harrington, the dude from Game of Thrones, is actually playing the Black Knight, which starts to cross over into that Excalibur universe. But I know he's in it, so hopefully we see some Captain Britain soon. Yeah, um, that'll be cool. And then, so then also, we'll wrap up the year with, uh, so Iron Man 225, this is the beginning of the Armor Wars. Love. So I actually read the run after the Armor Wars. Okay. uh, With the Ghost. Okay. So basically the character from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Yeah, he she basically like stealing technology from Tony Stark, and there's this big thing, I think Justin Hammer's involved. Yeah. it was an interesting run. Those late '80s um, Iron Mans are pretty cool. They they make Tony Stark have this kind of like bluish black hair, almost yeah. like Superman. I know what you're saying. Little mullet, little hockey hair, but he's also just rocking the straight the little, stash. It's no. cr- it's crazy how different that version of Tony Stark is, though, from the one that everyone would characterize. The way Robert Downey Jr. just like owned that role. Yeah, the old like '80s '90s version of Tony Stark. Rips on a totally different level. Yeah, he's dope. And what's also but he wasn't that too, charming. No, 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 not at all. He was a dick. Yeah, he was <laughs> just he a was huge asshole. Yeah, I mean, it's hard being sober. I get it. But <laughs> he uh, preach. So at the end of this armor wars and the and the ghost and everything, um, Tony Stark gets paralyzed. Did you know that? Really? So they basically took what happens. They to, give him the old Charles Xavier. Well, I'm I'm thinking more uh, War Machine because that's what they do oh, to War Machine in the yeah. movie. So, like, I thought that was interesting when I read this book. I'm like, oh, well, they're not going to cripple Tony Stark, but who can who can we... Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle, why not? <laughs> I I mean, I'm, ex- I'm super excited for the Armor Wars, because I think that's going to be a really good chance for us to possibly get Sam Rockwell back as Justin Hammer, a character I think sorely underutilized. For sure. Um, I think we are going to get a lot of people vying for that technology, and I think we might... 
see the return of Ghost in Armor Wars too. All right, so the final um, thing we'll touch on is this Hawkeye book, Solo Avengers, number one. Really? So they gave him like his own little. It was only an eleven-page book, but it's Hawkeye and the Mockingbird, and I've definitely seen this cover before. And I don't know, maybe just because it's a number one, that's probably why I've seen it before. Well, because I was going to say, later on down the line, Hawkeye actually gets a really interesting solo story, which I feel like we might have talked about on here before, that they're basing the next TV show off of where they introduce Kate Bishop, so Hawkeye basically gets his own little apprentice, and it's that one's very much, though, based in the real is world. That the, is that the Mockingbird or no? That's not Mockingbird. She... Kate Bishop just kind of becomes the new version of Hawkeye. Oh, Mockingbird, yeah. I'm pretty sure at one point is married to Hawkeye in I the think comics. You're right. So it's actually I think they it's fucked. a it's a split story. So the one story is Hawkeye, and then the other one's Mockingbird. Jim Lee drew the Mockingbird story. Really? Yeah, that was probably some of his early work. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, that this is when they you know Jim Lee starts sneaking a couple. How many pockets are on Mockingbird in that? <laughs> This isn't a, Rob Liefeld, you know. It's, Listen, it's, they they all loved pockets and huge barrel-chested men. Yeah, no pockets. I mean, she's got a nice little chest on her, but uh, <laughs> uh, she's wearing a little, a little skirt number, so no pockets. Oh, this is they this really pre two thousand. They didn't start putting pockets on skirts until like two years ago. They didn't even. We didn't even have that technology. They couldn't even have thought about it. Girls love to tell you that their their dress has pockets. I, my dress has pockets. Yeah, they love they love to do it. Everything I wear has pockets. <laughs> um, well, dude, I think that kind of wraps us up for the episode. Yeah, that was a dope year, for sure. Yeah, we thank you all for listening, making sure you guys go to patreon.com backslash threads and dreads. Sean uploaded an amazing episode of <laughs> Be Better. Did where you listen I, to it? Where I eat some sardines. I haven't listened to it it's, yet. It's so funny. But it's fucking funny from what I've been told. Also, hit us up on Instagram at threads and dreads pod. Make sure you give us a follow and shoot us any messages about anything you'd like to hear. As always, thank you to Fuego Fermentations for giving us a little sponsor, some free hot sauces as always. Shop PM Threads, and I think that's all the fucking self-promotion I got going on. Sean, you got anything? Not too much. I do want to continue to harp on the promotion of Swamp Thing and Dr. Fate, two really cool DC DC characters. Yeah, man, some dark DC. If you guys just want to... Stray away from the traditional, you know, uh, beat up the bad guy that robbed the bank. You know, these these books have a little bit something different to offer. Um, I also want to shout out uh, Front Porch Lights. We are yes. about to record a virtual concert. It's going to be a virtual Lakewood Meltdown this year. Okay. So we're going to record like a 20, 25-minute set, uh, high-quality video and audio. And uh, we got some other summer dates we're trying to get together. In the meantime, uh, check us out on Spotify, Patreon. We Hell appreciate yeah, it, guys. Um, quick local shout-outs couple that we mentioned during the episode book brothers in lakewood and carol and john's comic shop at cam's corner in west park make sure you go check those places out if you want to pick up some of these comics like sean was saying huge sale going on at carol and john's next saturday uh 10 a.m 10 a.m be there or be square uh thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next time peace later